welcome to the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast with co-founders and hosts, Tracy Callahan and Deborah Doak. Each week, we tackle another tough topic to help professional divorce coaches maximize client impact and cultivate thriving practices. We also want to spread the word about the expertise and value that certified divorce coaches bring to the table. At DCA, we are committed to ongoing learning and we value generosity among divorce coaching professionals. We believe that when one succeeds, we all succeed. Welcome back to Divorce Coaches Academy's podcast. Hi, I'm Tracy, and I'm here with Deb, your two favorite people, hopefully, as you're tuning in to listen to us once again talk about something that we know impacts clients in the divorce coaching process. So one of my favorite topics, Deb, clients' conflict styles and how they affect their divorce process. So today we want to talk all about conflict styles and how helping a client gain insight into their own as well as their soon-to-be exes or their partner's dominant or historical conflict style can be a game changer in divorce, right? It really is. This conflict existed in the marriage. It's going to continue to exist in divorce now with a big, big spotlight on it. So we know that conflict is a normal part of human existence, right? This notion that conflict can be eliminated is silly, unreal, and not ideal, right? This is why we say that all divorce involves some level of conflict. But what can be eliminated, though, is the violent expression of conflict. When conflict is perceived as a threat, again, whether that threat is real or not, there's a direct impact on how people think and behave. So, Deb, we can I can talk conflict all day, but we know that most couples have repetitive and unhealthy conflict patterns that have been established throughout their marriage, right? Those are just... Yep patterns. And they just, again, do not miraculously go away. They become even more problematic when we add stress and fear that people experience during divorces. It's just like the perfect storm, right? So if there was all that pre-storm, the divorce is the escalation, the pivotal point of that storm, right? So they're worried about money, parenting, what is this process going to look like? And our favorite, favorite word, Hmm. is it going to be fair? The other four letter F word in divorce. So there's a lot of incredible uncertainty, loss of autonomy and decisions that they'll be asked to make that have long lasting consequences. So as divorce coaches, what does that mean? Why is this important to us? Yeah. It's important to us because we have the opportunity, pardon me, to work with clients to help them break those historical patterns. We actually have that opportunity and we can prepare them for more effective conflict resolution. But where does this all begin? Where does this change begin in our work with clients? Well, at the beginning where everything does. All change begins with awareness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awareness, one of our favorite words. So in 1974, the Thomas Kilman Conflict 
model. It's an instrument and it was introduced and this, it's a tool. It's a tool that has pairs of statements. Okay. And people respond to these pairs of statements. And then based on their answers, respondents can be categorized into five different conflict styles. Okay. It's an assessment tool. Yeah. Those conflict styles, those five different ones are competing, avoiding, accommodating, compromising, and collaborating. And they exist on a chart. If we were, if we were on video here, I would show you, but up and down on the axis, you would see from passive to assertive. Yeah. And on the horizontal axis, you would see from cooperative to uncooperative. Yeah. So they all fall somewhere in that spectrum. Some are passive, some are cooperative and so on. So the first style is competing. People with a competing style see interpersonal conflict as a win-lose game, right? Somebody's got to win. Right. In order for me to win, you, Tracy, have to lose. Mm. Now, people with this conflict style, we call sharks. Totally appropriate, right? They're sharks. We all know what that means. Mm. And they come across as aggressive autocratic, confrontational, and intimidating. A competitive conflict style is often seen and experienced by the other person as an attempt to gain power or pressure a change. That You feel that sense of pressure. They're pressuring you. It feels oppressive, right? But each conflict style actually does, competitive sounds negative, right? Mm. But each conflict style actually has benefits. Absolutely. It it also has disadvantages or costs. So there are benefits to a competitive conflict style. And they are using your voice or asserting your position, standing up for what you believe in, sometimes a quick victory, self-defense. And it offers the opportunity to test your assumptions in an environment with other people and see where they are. But there are some big costs associated with this conflict style. It strains relationships. Mm. It creates suboptimal decisions when there's that much pressure on another party, especially if they have one of the other conflict styles, which we'll talk about. There's decreased initiative and motivation on the part of the other person. You know, when you're faced with that kind of other other uh, person on the other side that's mm-hmm. that aggressive, you're not as motivated to come to the table and talk. And it creates possible escalation and maybe deadlock because this is not the person that's in, interested in negotiating they are interested in gaining power and winning. Yes. Yeah. Which is often some kind of similar typical thought processes in divorce, right? right. That competing mindset. And, and I have to engage in a win-lose process mm-hmm. in my conflict style and my divorce to be able to get what I need or yep. for what is fair. What is fair? And it's it's one of the historical conflict patterns we teach about in divorce conflict coach certification, and that is competitive escalation. Yep, which is inevitable. 
inevitable. All right. So let's go to the next uh, conflict style that Kilman and uh, Thomas Kilman uh, acknowledged and identified. And that's the avoidant conflict style, right? So this conflict style where the competing conflict style was associated with the shark, right? Dun, dun, dun. As you can imagine, the avoidant conflict style is associated with the turtle, right? I'm going to put my head into my shell and I'm just going to sit there and maybe maybe nobody will notice that I'm there, right? Not here. It's not going to happen, right? So turtles hide their heads and pretend not to be there. Dealing with conflict is so difficult. It can be uncomfortable. It can be high levels of stress for individuals. So much that an avoidant conflict style prefers to avoid it right? That's how they're going to handle this high stressful situation. So a conflict, an avoiding conflict style at first might appear to be the opposite of a competitive style, but actually, actually an avoidant conflict style can be similarly obstructive, right? And and similar to all, I want to stress this, right? And Thomas Kilman's work, it was based on research of conflict. Each one of these styles has benefits and costs. So there are times when one particular conflict style can be more useful for a client versus the other. But let's just talk a little bit about some of the benefits of an avoidance style, right? You could reduce stress. It often can be saving time, right? I'm not going to put my energy into this. Maybe, you know, it doesn't require that much work. It also allows us to avoid danger and set up favorable conditions. Okay. So some of those are the benefits, but let's talk about the costs. Again, conflict and avoiding conflict style, similar to competitive conflict style, it impairs relationships. It can decline interpersonal relationships between the parties, right? Have you ever been with somebody who you're trying to deal with something or there's an issue and the other person's completely ignoring it, avoiding it? It's frustrating, right? So there can be resentment, there can be delays, there could be impacts to communication and decision-making. Yeah, absolutely. So while a shark, a competitor, is considered aggressive and avoiders considered passive, Both these styles are uncooperative. Very. They're both uncooperative, right? Yes, yes. Just one has less involvement where the shark has high involvement, the turtle has less involvement, but both uncooperative. Uncooperative, absolutely. All right, so now let's move on to accommodating. Now we're moving over to the cooperative side. Now, accommodators really very often defer to others. People that have this style are, they seem really agreeable and easygoing. Oh, whatever you want, Tracy, you want tacos? Fine. I'm dying to have Italian, but eh, we can (laughs) go Mexican, right? And they're so easygoing and, and they're just comfortable like a teddy bear. So a teddy bear is the animal that represents this style. But what happens when people constantly put others' needs first and their own needs last is they're liable to experience resentment over time. Mm -hmm. So usually you can only stay a teddy bear for so long, right? 
Yeah, I can't stay for as a teddy bear for very long. Yeah, I've known you. I, I've never seen you as a teddy bear ever. But there are benefits of an accommodating style. Yes, there are. It, 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 it's helping out, right? You're seen as a helper. It can restore harmony, build relationships. It can create a quick ending. If you've ever heard that phrase, would you rather be in relationship or would you rather be right? Mm-hmm. That's a teddy bear. Sometimes it's appropriate if the relationship is more important than the issue. But there are some costs to this style as well. Sacrificed concerns. So when we're talking about negotiating or or conflict, I am sacrificing my own needs. I may lose the respect of the other person because I'm constantly just giving in, giving in. I'm a doormat, right? Mm-hmm. And lo- again, loss of motivation. We talked about that with the other style. And that is because, eh, I just, it's not worth speaking up anymore. It's just not worth even trying to assert my position. So again, benefits and costs to being a teddy bear. Yeah. Yeah. And then we move into compromising, right? This is the the fourth style. In a compromiser, right, there is there's an effort to try to resolve conflict by proposing seemingly equal compromises. Okay. So you want this is like the saying, if you want to get something, you got to give something. All right. And and we define negotiation, although we're talking about conflict style. When we talk about defining negotiation, the true term of negotiation means to give up something you want for something you want more. Okay. This here is often a compromising style. So in compromising, we so far we've talked about the shark and we've talked about the turtle and we've talked about the teddy bear. The compromiser is a fox, right? They're a little sly here, right? They're meeting in the middle between two extreme positions or making a significant compromise just to be able to move forward. Although a compromising conflict style can move a conversation forward, the solution is often unsatisfying and temporary, right? So the benefits to a compromising style, and there are lots of good benefits to a compromising style, there's pragmatism, right? There's speed and efficiency. We can move a conflict through the process more quickly. There is a sense of fairness, right? That there's Meet in the middle. Equal, some equal. Okay. Okay. Right. I often like to talk about that in mediation sometimes is there's not a win-lose. There can be an okay. Okay. Are you going to get everything you want? No. But are you going to lose everything? No. You're going to be uh, maybe okay. Right. And it is about sort of maintaining those relationships. Again, remembering conflict is about interpersonal relationships. Okay. Now, costs. Yeah, there's partially sacrificed concerns. There could be suboptimal solutions and a superficial understanding, which is really, really important to recognize. Okay. But a compromising style in conflict can be often your most efficient or expedient process, uh, more so than the collaborative. So, Deb, you want to talk about our exactly. last style is collaborating. Yeah. Collaborating. So collaborating is assertive and cooperative. 
Ah, do you hear the <laughs> angels singing? <laughs> Collaborating, when we think of that style, we depict that with the wise owl. Okay. People who adopted this collaborative conflict resolution style, you know, they tend to work really hard to understand the deeper needs behind other parties' demands, and they spend time expressing their own needs, right? So when you talked about the compromising style, having a superficial understanding, Mm -hmm. it's a superficial understanding of their own and the other person's needs. We're just splitting the difference. But they see, collaborators see value in working through the emotions that come up and they propose trade-offs, right? That will give each side more of what they want, right? The benefits of this style are are great. They're grand. They have a lot of benefits. They are high quality decisions. There's learning and communication, resolution and commitment. And this style strengthens relationships. But there is a cost. And this is a cost many people are not willing to pay because it takes the most time and the most energy. Mm. There are incredible psychological demands to stay at the table, to try to understand the other person's interests, needs, and feelings. You have the possibility of offending someone by sitting there instead of just hiding, yelling, and splitting the difference or giving in, it's vulnerable. Instead of just screaming your position to say, this is what I'm feeling and this is what I need. So there is a risk to being vulnerable and staying there and having this conversation. So those are the five styles. Now, we're going to link in the show notes if this is something you're interested in learning for yourself or an assessment you'd like to work with your clients. We'll put the Thomas Kilman assessment tool in the show notes so that you can do that. And so it's great. We've explained all the styles and what they are and what the benefits are and what the costs are. And it's great to have that knowledge, but having insight isn't curative. Knowing isn't, isn't, doing. So what do we do? How is this helpful now that we know all this, Tracy? Okay. Now I know that I'm a shark. What do I do with that? And how do coaches use that information to help clients make better decisions? Yeah, such, such a important point. And I can't stress this enough. I'm going to go to our roots and yes, the roots lay in the American Bar Association's definition of divorce coaching as a form of alternative dispute resolution. So if we are here in our role as divorce coaches, supporting individuals in dealing with conflict, productively dealing with conflict, moving through their divorce process to get to some sense of agreement as it relates to their parenting plan, custody agreement, marital settlement agreement. They need a little information about how they have historically or what their go-to conflict style is. And here, it's not only recognizing what their kind of go-to conflict style 
Liz is, is also recognizing and being able to identify the person's conflict style that they are in conflict with. Okay. So whether that's their spouse or their co-parent, whoever it may be that they're in conflict with, understanding and recognizing not just their style, but the, the other party's style, the party to the conflict. Now, why does that matter? Here is some amazing news, Deb. Just like so many things in life, just because we may have one particular conflict style or our go-to conflict style based on our history, based on our experiences, based on how we were raised, based on how our parents handled conflict, based on our experiences in school, all of these things, we can learn to use other conflict styles. Right. So that's the big piece about this is understanding, recognizing the five different styles, the costs and benefits, the pros and cons to each one is, is that in specific conflict situations, you may be able to use a style that's most effective to that conflict that's presenting at the time. Right. But that takes information and awareness. Yeah, for sure. So if you've ever heard about the relationship dynamic pursuer distancer, doesn't that sound like a shark and a turtle? So if your go-to style is to be a shark and you identify that your partner is potentially a turtle, how does that inform then how you might approach? This is what our work with clients is, how is that style perhaps your style is showing up and what's the impact that that's having in terms of you reaching your goal of getting them to choose a mediator, getting them to fill out their financial disclosure forms, getting them to, so helping them understand the impact, right? Mm -hmm. And then exactly what you said. So have working with our clients to understand they have a choice on which style. We did a podcast a few weeks back on uh, Sasha Fierce. Mm-hmm. And how do we show up as Sasha Fears? So even if my normal historical conflict style is to be accommodating, can I temporarily show up as a compromiser or a collaborator for these two hours? Yes. Now yes, that I know what that looks like, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it still mm-hmm. may be uncomfortable for me. It is not my default. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Now that I know that I understand the benefits, can I put on that persona for a bit? So I know this is my default style, but I understand the risks and I understand the costs. I understand that's not going to serve me in this process. Yeah. Right. So I think there's a lot of value in understanding, number one, what's the dynamic between my style, your client's style and their partner's style. So what changes can they make to make that work more efficiently, but also working with them to how can an alter ego, how can they try on a different style for a specific situation? Absolutely. Absolutely. Strategy. Strategy. I was just going to say, and, and all of that strategy can actually happen in one session. In a mediation, in a settlement discussion, right? That literally there can be a term where a client is identifying that they might need to take more of a competing style 
where then another term, they're willing to engage in more of a compromising style. Okay. So again, can be learned. And the other thing that's so important in our work that we do with clients is, is that complex styles are directly related to communication styles. Yes, ma'am. So how conflict and how we engage in conflict presents mostly in how we actually communicate. So they're also very uh, intricately tied to one another in terms of conflict style and the way we strategically utilize communication in that process. So I want to listen, this is way too short for us to be talking about conflict because I know Deborah and I talk about conflict styles all day long. If this is something that interests you and you really want to support more your understanding of alternative dispute resolution and conflict, conflict styles, conflict communication, effective strategy, negotiation, I really, really encourage you to get that AGR foundation if you have not received that in your original training to check out some of our trainings that are grounded in ADR. We've got our conflict coaching class. We've got pre-mediation work. We've got conflicted co-parenting. So, so really important to really understand this. If we're working as ADR specialists, you got to know this information. Yeah. You do. You do. And if you're really interested in diving more into this and conflict theory, I would really, really recommend our six-week divorce conflict coach training. It's an intensive, it's six weeks where we just dive deep into conflict and conflict resolution. So if you get high on conflict like we do, mm-hmm. <laughs> we would really invite you to check that out. So we hope that this, just this high-level overview of conflict styles is helpful. Again, I'm, we'll put the tool in the show notes so that you can use it with clients, but I would encourage you to think about how this is really helpful to you as a divorce coach in one, helping your client understand that historical dance that they and their soon-to-be ex or co-parent have been doing based on each of their default styles. And then two, now they have a shelf of selections and they can pick off the shelf which conflict style might be appropriate for any given situation and use it as a strategy to achieve their goals. Yeah. Useful and intentional. Useful and intentional. All right. Thanks for joining us this week. We really appreciate you spending your time with us. We know it's valuable. And so we don't take that for granted. And we will be back next week with another topic that we hope Uh, helps you work with your clients and build your business. Thanks for joining us for the Divorce Coaches Academy podcast. If you enjoyed today's show, please give us a rating on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcasting app. It helps other divorce professionals find us and add to the conversation. And don't forget to follow us on social media to be the first to know when we add new classes and events. We'll be back next week with another topic to help you maximize client impact, create a thriving business, and promote the value of professional divorce coaching.